You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Everybody this morning asked me if I was preaching today. And uh, I don't know why, that's the big word. But I'm... uh, I don't know if I preach, but I talk. So, and I don't speak, I talk. So that's what's happening this morning. Um, if you're new or kind of new and you're wondering who, uh, where uh, Riz is and Zoe and a few of the regulars that they, uh, if you don't know, they're in Japan. And uh, I think they, that they went to check out a... Uh, Hopeful mission opportunity for the for us. So that's where they are, and uh, we'll be seeing him next week. And I'm I'm pretty sure we're getting started in the book of Exodus, um, starting next week. Riz, Riz is going to be doing that. And also, if you're kind of wondering who that guy is up front leading worship, if you haven't seen him before, that's uh, our brother Teva, who's Pretty awesome, amazing voice. I sound so much better when I sing along with him in front, <laughs> right? When he stops, which he likes to do and make all of us sing, my voice is horrible. I'm like, I hate when he does that because then I can hear my own voice. So, um, and Teva is the past, one of the pastors and the worship leader at the mission on the North Shore of Oahu, an amazing guy. And his wife, Nikki, is in the back, too, probably kind of hiding out. But she's back there also. So, man, I appreciate those guys so much. And uh, a blessing to have them here. Last week was Easter. I don't know how many, how many people were here last week? Almost everybody. And uh, super blessing. Okay, Riz was his usual off the charts, um, over the top, too much coffee, excited <laughs> last, last week. And uh, really a blessing, our second Easter service um, in reality here in Honolulu. So this morning, what I'm going to be talking about in, in my reference verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Um, but what I want to talk about is um, growing in our faith and thinking through the week, you know, I was kind of thinking that this is maybe what you're going to hear. I'm hoping that most of you, if not all of you already do this, right? And if you are doing this and this is something that you know is important, then hey, praise the Lord for that. But sometimes what happens, you know, and, and I don't even want to say, I didn't want to use the word basic, you know, um, these things are foundational, right? The five points that I'm going to cover, and, and it isn't everything, you know, that it takes to be growing in our faith with the Lord, okay? And, and the week after Easter, Right? We probably have some new believers here. 
some people that are here that the seeds were planted. But we, maybe some people who recommitted their life, right? That they've been away and they're, they're coming back. But I'm sure that there's a lot of people here who have been uh, walking with the Lord for maybe kind of a newer believer or maybe in between or maybe a long time believer. Um, in 1971, just my little bit of my testimony. I was a senior at Campbell High School in Ever Beach and uh, grew up as a Catholic but didn't know the Lord. I knew about him but just in my head what little bit you know would beat into me at Catholic school. And uh, but I didn't know him, and I can't think that I ever sorted out the gospel. But a girl named Barbara Hazelton invited me to church. And because two friends of mine went, and their lives were changed, amazing. And I went, man, I got to check this out. And I went to this church, and I heard the gospel, what? I think is the first time and heard the Lord calling me up just like Riz did last week, right? And I went forward and gave my heart to the Lord. Amazingly, that was 48 years ago. And I've been walking with the Lord and these things that I'm going to bring up today, these five things have been a part of my walk throughout those years, and they've helped me, and that's not like I've been on the straight and narrow the whole way and haven't like veered off or, you know, gone off the road and, and come back on. Okay, and it isn't because I'm so spiritual or I'm so strong, you know, that we all know, right, if we've been walking with the Lord, that is by the grace of God. And, and God keeps us in there, even when we go off. He pulls us back. He has his ways. Okay? So, these five areas that I'll be encouraging each one of us. And I know that in a group like this, that we probably all need a reminder. And it's a very interesting thing that these things are foundational, but yet it's easy to kind of get distracted Right, and life is busier now than it ever has been. And in the future, it's not going to get any simpler. Right? So sometimes those things that are foundational, the things that are most important, it's an unusual thing that we opt for following other things or distracted by other things. And those things that are foundational, things we might take for granted, and because of that, we, it kind of gets put on the bookshelf somewhere. Why do we, we don't do it as much? These five areas have been and will, will continue to be the source of strength and stability in my ongoing relationship with the Lord. I need... To follow these things no less now, 48 years later, and probably even more intentionally 
as I keep going on with the Lord. Right? And same thing for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says here, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Now what an amazing scripture. Right? The old and new. And I think the last time I talked, I, I talked about that. Like, like some people, me, you know, if my kids were here, they'd be not. I have a hard time letting go of the old. Not just stuff. Sometimes, you know what I mean? The, the things that are behind you. Right? That, that it's, it's hard to move away from certain things that maybe happen to you. Memories or, you know. But you know what? This is a scripture with a promise. And an exhortation for us that, look, if you're in Christ, the old things are past. That's gone. Right? All the things that are bad, negative, that are going to hold us back. Right? Our old life. What we used to be. And he promises us that, look, Christ has made all things new. And that's what God is all about. Making things new. Giving us a new chance at it. Right? And that's the direction that we're going to be moving in. In our new life with Christ, our commitment to him calls for relationship and not ritual. And I think within the church and, and kind of my observation, you know, and maybe because of my background, how I grew up, that it, you know, seemed to be more ritual and lacking relationship. Ritual is more distant. It's less relational, which makes it more comfortable Less true commitment is needed. It's surface level. And that's why it's so appealing to so many people. It's actually easier. If you want ritual, it's an easier path, I think. Religious ritual. Relationship is much more difficult. Right? Those of us that are married, and I've been married almost as long. I've been married for 43 years. And uh, I know that relationship is challenging and hard. And that's just my end. Now, if you ask my wife, it's even more challenging and more hard for her. Because <laughs> she's married to me. And if you know her, you know that that's true. <laughs> relationship involves heart. Right? And it's hard, hard to put your heart out there. Right? In real relationship. And not just as married, you know what I mean, with your friends. Because what could happen? Right? And I think maybe that's a little bit why people kind of, relationship is a challenge because it's dangerous. It involves heart. It takes more work. It involves more risk. And it's more challenging but it's what God wants from us, is relationship. And our relationship with Christ, and I 
purposely in all of my notes have it as that. Because that's what it is. It's a relationship with him. And that's what he wants. He doesn't want anything less. He wants our heart. And that's the way we need to look at it. How does this relationship grow? There are two parts involved to our growth in new life with Christ. And that's God, effort towards us. Right? Which is the bigger part? Okay? And it's our response to God's effort towards us. Okay, so some scriptures here in Philippians chapter 1-6. If you went with us through the book of Philippians, we covered this in chapter 1, verse 6, saying, Being confident of this, that He, God, who began a good work in you, in us as believers, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, or bring it to maturity. So that's the goal, is maturity in our relationship with Christ. But this is an awesome scripture because what? It's a promise that, look, it's not solely up to Butch. So God doesn't save us and go, well, good luck. I hope you guys make it. Right? Then he's saying that, look, I'm with you to see it through to the end. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter or completer of our faith. Now for me, man, I love those scriptures because it doesn't all rest on me. And it's a promise for us that God is going to complete it. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Peter says that his, God's divine power, has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So what's He saying? That God provided everything we need to live in relationship with Him and to grow in maturity. God's provided that. Our part is to do what? Is to respond to what He's working in us or trying to work in us. Okay, and everybody, I can tell you, I got my speed. Sometimes I'm better. Sometimes I'm worse. This week, I was like, it's amazing how spiritual you can be in a week when you have to give the message. (laughs) I was like praying all week. Right, and the people are all there, you know, I'm praying for you. You know, the whole, like, a lot of prayer went up to heaven because they knew I was talking today. <laughs> Riz is probably on his knees in Japan <laughs> right now. Our part is to respond, response to what he's working in us. Each one of these five things that I'm going to talk about are vital for growth. And uh, I don't know, the only thing that I could grow, it was where we live. And I live, my son is the one on the box here, and I live at their house. And uh, I kind of do the yard work. Those of you, uh, you know, and I never, when I was a kid, I hated yard work. And then all of a sudden, 
like when I got older, then I'm like, I want to do yard work, you know, which is like really screwy. And I don't like really do yard work. I kind of do yard work when I want to. And I pretty much do the kind, my yard, if you looked at it, our yard, doesn't look like somebody does yard work. <laughs> and, uh, but I have these plants in the front. Okay, and I am no farmer, never been. But I decided that I wanted to grow rosemary. And uh, I also got this Thai basil and uh, green onions. If you're like a hack farmer like I am, green onions are like the thing. They just grow by themselves. <laughs> and, uh, but I know that it takes some things. You, just don't like plant it and, and they just grow up, right? You gotta water it. There's, a, there's basic stuff and I don't grow anything that's beyond, you know, one or two steps. And uh, sad to say, some of them don't make it. But thinking on, along those lines, right? Growth, and just like for us, that's what I'm hoping that our goal is growth, but these things are vital for growth in our relationship with Him. And we need to be diligent, and we need to, you know, apply ourselves just like that. You can't, like, hope that that stuff is going to grow in your yard. It takes some effort, okay? And the more, the better looking yards, if you go, and we live in Manoa and Half those guys got some pretty amazing looking yards. And the only reason that they have that is because they work at it. And I would like for mine to do that too, but Christian's not going to do it. And <laughs> I'm sure haven't done it yet. So I kind of came up with an acronym, right? And it's GROWS, G-R-O-W-S. Okay, and the first thing is the G, right? Go to God in prayer. Go to God in prayer. And I have here commu communication. Every good relationship is built on good communication. Okay? And, and if you're married like I am and continue to be, that... Uh, Communication is a lifelong learning process. The second thing is the R, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Okay, and it sounds, and you might, this is probably perfect, we're in elementary school. Maybe this sounds kind of elementary. But these things, as long as you are a Christian, will never change. That these things are important. Read your Bible. The third thing is obey God. The O. Obey God. And, and when I get into it, I'm going to have a certain angle. Fourth thing is to worship together or community, just like this here. Okay? Uh, fifth thing is serve and being involved. Okay? So first, go to God in prayer. Communication with Him. Prayer is supposed to be dialogue. And that's speaking is part of it. The other part of it is listening. 
So prayer is talking to God. Prayer is also listening to God. Okay, because he does answer. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 15, and I'm not going to read it, but I'll just tell you about it. It's where the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. Why? Because Jesus was always praying. And so they say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And I'm not sure what their motivation was. Okay, and I can tell you this prayer is the classic Our Father, which... You know, interesting, if you read up, he says not to, Jesus tells them, don't be praying repetitious prayers. So the purpose of this prayer wasn't to repeat it after, like there's some magic in the Our Father. You know what I mean? And uh, it's a model prayer for us. Okay, and the first thing he says is Our Father. And that really stands out to me. When I read it this week, that I'm going, man, that alone, right? Now, maybe try to forget every time you heard that prayer. And if you were brought up a Catholic, how many, you know, millions of times you had to say it because after confession. You know, and you got like, whatever, a hundred times say the Our Father. And you could say it super fast so you could get out of there and go back and play on the playground. Um, but he starts, our Father. And why is that important? Because it acknowledges who? That God is our Father. And in writing this, I thought, man, well, that could be a tricky one because not everybody has had a good relationship with their Father. Some people never had a Father. They don't know their Father. Or maybe what they know, it's a negative thing. So this Our Father to them is like, whoa, that's a challenge. But I can promise you, our Father in heaven is a perfect Father. And He never lets us down. And that's a starting point. Our Father. If He just said that, man, that's super important. We acknowledge our relationship to Him. Our Father who art in heaven. Right? Which means what? That, you know what? He's God and I'm not. And it's our proper position. We recognize that, you know what? That's proper position. He's God, I'm not. Right? Your name is holy. Your name is hallowed. Right? So we're lifting up God. That's a good thing to be considering in our prayer to acknowledge God, who He is. Okay? He says here that your will be done. Important for us to know submission to Him. Right? It may be prayer you think it's just asking. Or it's so much more than that. It involved, just like he's teaching us here, to be submitted to him. Your will be done. Okay, and you know what? Our Father is so good that he doesn't give us all of our requests. Because he loves us. And he knows better. And I'll be talking more about that later. He says, right, we know the prayer. Give us this day. 
Keep us from temptation. Forgive us and help us to forgive others if, as you have forgiven us. Now there's a challenging one. Interesting in the prayer, right? So we're asking God to what? Be our provider. God, you be my provider. And also at the end, he throws in that, the Lord forgive us. Which we all know that, you know what? At times, we need to be forgiven. Not just for things that we've done, for attitudes that we have in our heart. But this is almost like a conditional prayer because he goes, forgive us as we have forgiven others that have wronged us. Man, think about that. Really challenging. Asking in prayer according to his will. Acknowledging the provision of God and our dependency on him for everything in every area. Asking for forgiveness and considering our relationship with others. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, he says there to pray continually. In James chapter 5, verse 16, he says for us to pray for others. Okay, so much more. And, and after I started this, I went, wow. It, this is just like a surface level, maybe, view of these five points. Okay, so much more in the Word and so much deeper than what I'm telling you this morning. Number two is read your Bible. And I have here, know Him. And that's something that I hope everybody here, that you consistently read the Word, that you know the Word of God. The Bible is God's Word. It's what He wants to say to us. Is that important? And God preserved it over the ages so we can have it today. Each one of us has this. You know, and not unusual to see. I don't know how many Bibles I probably got at my house. Maybe about ten. Okay, with Winters and, and Doom, my grandson, and so on and so forth. But you know what? Not everybody in the world had the benefit of having ten Bibles at. A lot of churches don't have ten Bibles in the whole church. In different places in the world. And we easy for us to take it for granted. It's what God wants us to know. The Bible is what God wants us to know. More important than any other book you're going to read. More important. Easily. That it's our blueprint for life. It gives us insight into God's character. Into God's heart. His ways and His, perfect, His purpose. Also, it's for our instruction. And I'm not sure what you think about it. I think the world about the Bible. And I've spent a lot of times reading it. I've spent a lot of times not following it. And I've spent a lot of time following it. And I can tell you that it's true. Right? That it explains everything. It answers every question. But the answer is not always what we want to hear. 
that it tells us the truth about our hearts. It guides us. It motivates us to love Him and to love others. And it gives us direction. All of that and much more in the Bible. In Romans chapter 15, verse 4, it says, For what was written in earlier times are written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. In 2 Timothy, it tells us, 2.15, it tells us to study to show thyself approved to God. Study the Bible, not just read it. Right? And the word there is in the Greek, which I don't know Greek, but I do know this word. It's called gnosko. And what that is, is knowing it from experience. That's how you need to know the word. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, in the New American Standard, he says, Like newborn babies, desire the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Like babies. I got a little, I don't have, Christian has, but, you know, we were the grandparents, so kind of like I have it. A uh, little girl named Frankie that's seven months old. And man, when she, when Christian's making her bottle, she gets like the biggest smile. And she sounds like a little pig when she, like, like a oinker, you know, like, like, she likes to eat. She's going to be a good eater, no doubt. And I hope that didn't sound negative, but she like cute sounds like just digging in. And uh, Psalm 119, verse 11, David writes, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Right? And all this and much more for the word that it needs to be living inside of us. You know, we need to think it. We need to read it. And, and I'll tell you that as long as I've been a Christian and, and was a pastor for 12 years, that I have never heard a person tell me that they read the Bible too much. But I can tell you, I've heard from countless people that they don't read it enough. And that's my exhortation for you this morning is to read your Bible, have it go in you, read it so much. And I tell you, I want to read it so much that there's no room in my head and in my heart for rubbish. Okay, James, last one, says to be a doer and not only a hearer of the word. Be a doer and not only a hearer. And uh, I hope that that's something that you are doing, Okay. Number three, obey God's direction for your life. And I have here, trust Him. Really challenging one. Allow Him to guide you, taking control out of our hands and placing it in His hands. Obey God's direction for your life. Sometimes when we become Christians, what happens in our relationship with the Lord is an add-on. Right? And I had it here and I deleted it this morning. It's kind of like an app. Right? It makes it more helpful. But everything else is the same. You're still in control. Right? And that's like super important. Now, I don't know. Sometimes I'm driving. You ever, those of us that are married. Right? And, and I'm driving and if somebody like cuts in front of me. 
what Winter does, she reaches over to grab the wheel or put her hand like this, because I'm going to go out the front window or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, just like a reaction. Right? And sometimes that's what we do with the Lord. Right? Only one person. This is not like driver's ed where they're steering wheels on both sides of the car. Only one person can drive. Two people don't drive a car with one steering wheel very well. And you know what? Same thing with the Lord. But it takes trust and, and a lifetime lesson of knowing that, you know what? God's plans for us are the best plans. And I've made a lot of mistakes in the last 48 years doing it my way. Okay, Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 to 13. God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and to harm, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So a promise to us. You know what, after this long, I'm just beginning to learn to trust Him in every area. And I've made enough mistakes to realize that, you know what, God's plans for me are what makes me happiest. That's why I live in town. I moved from the North Shore to town, which never could have happened any other way. Never a desire for me to live in town. But you know what? I knew it was the Lord. And I knew it was His plans. And I knew that, you know what? Where God leads, that's where I've been happiest. And I hope that through here, you know, that we can get that to obey God's direction for your life, to trust Him. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Very important scripture. Okay, and, and hopefully it's a lesson that you consider and you follow. Number four, worship together in community with other believers. Which is maybe kind of like I'm talking to the choir because that's what we're doing here. But community is much more than just meeting on Sunday morning. Okay? And this is awesome. This is a huge blessing. But it extends beyond, you know, 10 o'clock to whenever it is, 11.30 or something. That's a community that he's talking about. And we're bound together. In the Bible, it's called the church, the assembly of saints, the body of Christ, the family of God. This community brings encouragement. This one here, the body that you're in, okay, the body that hopefully you're committed to, the body of Christ, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be reality, Honolulu, could be, could be anything. But the community of believers that you're in brings encouragement. It brings safety. It brings accountability. And it takes our commitment. God designed us to be in relationship with Him and with others. 
easy to be in relationship with him in a certain sense. It gets sometimes a little messy when we're in relationship with others. Anybody know that to be true? Not quite as simple, right? Not the challenge of the church. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. The only one that you, you can uh, turn to in your Bibles. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. He says here that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can warm, one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Some wise advice. Two are better than one. Right? There's safety in numbers. And God made the church. God is the one that made this right here. For us to be in community with each other. Following him. Hebrews chapter 10. Verses 24 to 25. In the New Living Translation. It says. Let us think of ways to motivate one another. To acts of love and good works. Good advice. And let us not neglect our meeting together. As some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Good exhortation for us. Proverbs chapter 18, 1 says, One who isolates themselves pursues selfish desires. They rebel against all sound wisdom. Isolation is not healthy. And... You know, in, I've been around church world long enough to know that it's sometimes appealing. Right? Where you're partially committed. You know, and, and maybe more now, possibly my observation than ever, that, that people are maybe less committed now than ever in the world to each other. You know? And whatever, I could talk all morning about that, but don't be afraid. And sometimes, right, maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been hurt from church. So it's hard to commit, hard to kind of get in, you know. And, and you know what? The Lord can bring healing there. But it takes our effort also, okay? And... Uh, we pray that in, in our Father to forgive us, okay, and for, as we forgive others. Fifth one, last one, is serve. Output in spiritual service. Investment. Our investment in the mission of God in this world. So I was kind of afraid because usually we are up here, we're going, hey, we need help in, you know, um, whatever. Sunday school. Or we need help setting up. And, and usually the word comes up there, serve. And, and this is what I'm talking about. But serving means much more than just finding a place to get involved in the church. It's that plus, right? Might be on a mission trip, right? Like these guys are going to go on a mission trip soon. Serving God. It might be serving God 
the way, remember when those guys came up here and, and they had that little um, organization that they were asking for volunteers, for kids at risk that go to this school here. If anybody wanted to be a mentor, serving those and so much more, right? Now, it, it just like the light bulb came on this morning. Jesus said what? Jesus said that he was a what? Servant. And servants do what? They serve. Right? It's how hard is it to go, okay, Lord, look, I want to be willing. You direct me. You guide me where I can serve you in whatever way. You'd be amazed at what the Lord might tell you. Desire to be serving in the cause of Christ where and how God leads. Don't just be a spiritual consumer put back into. And I don't know how many people here ever been to Israel. I had the blessing of being able to go there. And uh, if you go to Israel, almost always everybody goes to the Dead Sea. Anybody ever here went to the Dead Sea? Yeah, a few, a few people. Pretty amazing. Okay? And uh, some things I found on, online about the Dead Sea. It's Earth's lowest point. The Dead Sea. The lowest point on Earth. 1,412 feet below sea level. The Dead Sea is. Its water is 9.6 times saltier than the ocean. And I don't know if you ever went there that you can float on top of the water. Amazing. And it feels kind of oily. Like kind of strange feeling. But plants and animals don't do good there. Why? Because it's so salty around that area. Rainfall there is barely four inches in a year. And it's shrinking at a rapid rate due to evaporation. Makes sense. But oddly enough, this is where the Jordan River and the Sea of Galilee flows into. Okay, sounds great. But the one thing that's interesting about the Dead Sea is there's no outlet. So water flows into it. But water doesn't flow out. And that's why it's dead. And it's the same thing with us. That... If things are flowing in, but there's no output, there's no outflow, that's what's going to happen. I can tell you what my plant, because I got this little plant that I, I saw in the backyard, this great looking uh, pot, and I thought, I'm going to put my, my um, rosemary in there, and it's going to look super cool. But, and I put it in there, and then I was like really good at watering it. But you know what? That plant died. You know what? There was no outlet. There was no drainage. I, I drowned the poor thing. <laughs> Has to have outlet. And you know what? If we want to grow, there has to be output. Okay? And, and God's what God wants for us. Serving is the result of a healthy relationship with Christ. John 15, 16, Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I point and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works with God prepared beforehand or in advance for us to do. 
In conclusion, write these five things. Go to God in prayer. Second one, read your Bible. Obey God's direction for your life. Worship together and serve. To the degree that you put in will be the degree that you get out. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. He says here that there is one who scatters and yet increases all the more. There is one who withholds and yet it results only in want. The generous person will be blessed and whoever waters will themselves be watered. Matthew chapter 24 I mean, chapter 16, 25, and 26. Jesus said, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. So finding your life or losing it. If you live for yourself, Jesus says, You know what? You're going to lose your life. He's not saying you're going to die. He's going to say that you're never going to accomplish it. Right, But if you lose your life for Him, that's where you're going to find it. Right? And I don't know, I've been on different mission trips and done different things that, you know, have been like the highlight of my life and fulfilled me in ways that nothing else that I do could have done. Only in following the Lord. Jesus goes on to say, And what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose their own soul. In this morning, okay, and a week after Easter, and all the festivity is over, and we kind of get back, you know, the rubber meets the road here. Is that, you know what, to consider maybe this morning, even if you've been a believer a long time, to consider that, uh, man, life is short. You don't want to be wasting it doing petty stuff. Okay, even though it's okay to do certain things. But you know what? One day you're going to look back on your whole life. And I'm up there, way up there. My wife actually, and, and maybe we can pray for that. My wife is on Maui right now. Her mother is dying. And, and I'm over here and thinking about it and going, man, what? Last week, I actually last... Saturday, I couldn't help with setup because I had to do a uh, memorial in Nuuanu for some friends of mine that live on the North Shore whose son, probably about 35 years old, committed suicide. And you know what? Man, you like all that other stuff, going surfing or goofing off like I do. Or those things just seem so important. But you know what? At those times... I'm going, man, Lord, help me to, to focus. Help me to focus. Because you know what? You don't know what the future holds. Right? So an exhortation for all of us. You know what? Live your life for the Lord. Right? Be a believer. And you know, allow God to guide and direct you. And, and you're going to, just like Jesus says, you're going to find your life when you do that. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, and how it speaks to us. Lord, we do pray that with these things and there's other things that you are calling us to, that we would follow you. 
Lord, that we would apply ourselves to what you're working in us, that we would apply ourselves to your will. Lord, help us to be in submission to you. Lord, I do lift up Riz and the team there in Japan that you would watch over them and bless them. And Lord, according to your will with the connections that they're making. Lord, I do lift up my wife on Maui and, and her mom. Lord, that her mom would feel your presence, that you would bring comfort there. Lord, just in this challenging situation. Lord, and my family there that's not that they don't know you. Lord, and they're going to struggle through this. Lord, my father-in-law. Lord, I do pray that all of, the, all of them would feel your presence and they would come to know you. Lord, and I do pray for anybody here that might be struggling. Lord, and maybe they're not there. Maybe they, they're slacking in these things. Lord, that you would call them back. Lord, that they would refocus Lord, that they would recommit to you and the things that are going to cause for growth in their life. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.